Hello and welcome back to the Power Switch, gaming's call-in talk radio show. My name is Peter Spasia and today is July 28th, 2017. This is the 33rd episode of the podcast. Thank you for tuning in. We use Discord as means to add and drop callers to talk about video games and switch the power that's found in a typical gaming podcast. You can join our server to participate during recordings at rhymeswithasia.com slash call. I'm glad to have a guest on the show with me today is Logan Moore. He writes for DualShockers.com and also heads up Model Citizens Media with his other co-hosts there. Logan, welcome back to the show. I know you've been a guest before, but now in a host capacity here. Yeah, Peter, thank you so much for having me on for the full hour this of week. Course, of course, of course. very excited to be doing this with you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, you know, we've talked before of how the show, we're both big sports fans. Uh, so we're yeah. kind of familiar with the idea of sports talk radio. And so <laughs> we've kind of shared, uh, you know, kind of stories before about how uh, we like the format, but applying it to games. And so you have done gaming podcasts for quite a long time. I mean, you know, several years here, but you also now write for Dual Shockers. I mentioned, I mean, mm-hmm. tell people a little bit about yourself, who you are as a gamer and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. The, those are the two main things I'm doing right now between Model Citizens Media, which is the podcasting brand I've got with a few friends. And then uh, I've been writing for Dual Shockers for about six months now, which has been an exciting experience going to E3 and uh, talking to some cool people in the industry that I wouldn't normally have access to. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun and helping me get better with writing and being a journalist and all that stuff. Uh, besides that, uh, peek into my gaming life, I guess. I don't know. I am swamped right now <laughs> just with everything that is coming out. I seriously probably have 15, 20 games in my backlog that Ooh. I like urgently would like to play right now, but uh, I have no idea how I'm going to make that happen. But as for everything else, I don't know, just in college as well, trying to juggle everything podcast wise and writing wise with that. And I'm done at the end of the year. So almost awesome. Well, good luck with that. I mean, certainly a lot on your plate before we get to our callers, we're going to talk in our main topic about kind of what it is like to write for a gaming website like that and the different experiences you've had not only in the past, but Mm -hmm. what you're looking forward to. Uh, We'll go through our headline roundup, get through the stories from the past week in games, but first let's get to what we're playing recently. I actually want to start with you. Uh, What's, what's been in that PS4, Xbox One, Switch, whatever have you? So I have been playing, I've been out of town. Uh, last weekend I was out of town and I'm so busy throughout the weeks anymore that it's kind of hard for me to sit down in the evenings anymore and really sink my teeth into uh, some of these larger games that I've been wanting to play. So I keep finding myself going to the Switch recently because there's a bunch of good games on that that you can just kind of spend anywhere from 10 minutes to three hours in. Hmm. And uh, I've been playing a lot of Mario Kart lately. Uh, I, I bought that later than most people did. I didn't end up picking that up until last month. So that's still kind of new to me. Um, and then I picked up Splatoon 2 as well. And I haven't put much time into it yet. I'm probably going to be doing that this weekend. But I like the game a lot. I, I didn't pick up the first one on Wii U. So this is kind of... I've heard a lot of people say, oh, it's more Splatoon. But to me, that's a new, fresh experience still. So I'm kind of learning the ins and outs of how that game works and how best to ink that battlefield as quickly as possible. So it's fun. It's a fun little game. I'm, I'm really enjoying my time with it so far. All I know um, is what I'm seeing from people. You got to ink your spawn zone. It can make the difference at the end of the match. That's all I know. That's all I know. I, was I looking, know. I'm always the first to get out of my spawn zone because I actually take the time to do that. And then I end up having the higher score usually by the end too. So I guess there is a benefit to doing yeah, it. Yeah, there you go. But 
But yeah, ink your spawn zone, people. Come on. <laughs> uh, besides that, I don't know. I mentioned how there's a thousand other things I'm trying to play right now. Um, the big thing, I guess I'd really say that I'm working on, like a bigger title that I'm trying to get through right now, is uh, Near Automata. So yeah. I just beat Ending A the other day, and I really liked it. Um, but I went into the game, and I was like, I'm going to do all 26 endings because... This is a game that I wouldn't normally have picked up in previous years, but I heard so many good things about it. I'm trying to play things that I know are a little bit more outside of my comfort zone this year. Um, I'm really kind of blind to a lot of uh, bigger Japanese releases that come out sometimes. Um, so I, I picked this one up, and I'm really, really enjoying it. Like I think the combat is very snappy, very responsive. It, it's a platinum game, so I mean, I think we can expect that they typically make great action games. So right. it's, again, another fantastic uh, hack-and-slash action game from them. But th I'm really enjoying the RPG mechanics as well. Like, there's way deeper systems in that game than I expected. And um, there's just... You, you've played it as well, I know. Yeah, there's yeah. Just, the world is super unique. Like, I have, there are certain moments in that game, even through the just the A playthrough right now, where I have... There are moments in that game where I haven't seen any other video game do anything like it, and it's like eliciting responses from me that are both like confusion and curiosity and just, I am so intrigued by that game still, and I'm really looking forward to getting through it, and because I don't think I've gotten to the point yet where it, like... I don't know. Everybody who's played the game and who's raved about it, seems there seems to be this one moment where, like, everything just kind of turns on its head and blows your mm -hmm. mind. And I'm looking mm -hmm. forward to getting to whatever that moment is. Yeah. I but only yeah. got through ending a as well. So I I've played as much as you and platinum games don't really click with me as much. Uh, so I didn't get back to play the other ones. I still have to go through the rest of the narrative, but I've, I've come across spoilers and things like that. So it, it does get pretty interesting, but even, yeah, even in just the first ending that, that first, gosh, what's what, seven hours or something like that you can put into it to get that first yeah. ending. Uh, yeah. Even moments like the amusement park or become as gods, like there are pretty interesting moments in there. And like, that's not spoiling anything. You got, you got to experience uh -huh. the game for yourself. It, it's really cruel. And that, man, that soundtrack, I, I say it, it's right phenomenal. up there behind Persona 5 is the best of the year so far. Yeah, I, I totally agree, which is weird because there's a Zelda game out this year too. And it's like <laughs> Breath of the Wild's like starting to fall behind in my soundtrack rankings mm. for the year, which I would not have expected coming into this year. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that soundtrack is absolutely phenomenal. On that game. So, so good. Uh, what are a couple other quick titles that you're you're looking to get to? It's again, like I'm kind of like avoiding jumping into anything too much right now uh i played some super hot on psvr last week i wrote a review about oh. that you can go see my thoughts about that on dual shockers I, i'm um, really really curious because i loved it on vive and i saw from the title i didn't get the chance to read it but i saw from your title that there was a lot of recalibration issues which kind yeah. of makes sense yeah because uh, yeah. at least on vive it really played that room scale well when you're really moving and dodging around but i can mm -hmm. see where in a seated like environment on psvr there may be some problems so i stood while playing it okay. and um because to me that was like the only way i really thought to i get that you should play the game like i had a couple people respond to my review and be like hey i played through the whole game and i just sat on my couch and it gave me no fits and i'm like well mm. that's cool but to me i was playing the game and it's like it's like you're in the matrix. So yeah. to me, like the more you're moving around and the more active you are, like there's even trophies for like 
<laughs> burning a thousand calories. Like it's <laughs> it's clearly a game that's prompting you to move, and that's why it it was put in in VR in the first place. Yeah, and there are parts where you have to you know duck behind cover, like actual yes. duck, and like so it's much better when you're standing. I I love that game. I think that's the one VR game you have to play in 2017. But uh, I was thrilled with it on Vive. Yeah, I really liked it. It's. It, I really think it is potentially the best PSVR game so far. It is just when you are, the camera is not a good tracking device mm, for mm. PlayStation VR in, in any way, shape, or form. And like people are already talking about, like, oh, I bet they come out with like version 2.0 of the headset at some point. No, they need to come out with version 2.0 of the tracking yeah. and some new controllers because those are the two big issues right now. The headset is a fantastic device. It's, if when you are playing a game that prompts a lot of moving on PlayStation VR, and Superhot's really the only game that I can think of, like even Batman, like I stood up and played that game, but you're kind of just moving in like around like the same 360 degrees, like you're right, you're in a yeah. small area. Like I was moving all over my living room playing Superhot, and uh, it was losing track of me constantly. Mm. So that was frustrating, and it led to a lot of deaths and me screaming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I know when we're getting a new gaming setup, and I can probably bring that up soon, but when we're looking to do that, you know, when it comes to VR, it's like, I feel like PlayStation VR may be what's ideal for my wife and I going forward, but Mm -hmm. I do want to wait for uh, a next version because when we're looking to, you know, upgrade to PS4 Pro and things like that, 4K, we're we're trying to divide all the gaming stuff that my brother and I have accrued over years, uh, whether it's games and consoles and things like that. And uh, he's going to try to help us get set up with the new entertainment center as a result. And uh, yeah, so we're doing a lot of the big upgrades, but you know, when it comes to VR, it's like, it'd be nice, but I, I just have a feeling like when you get PSVR, like maybe 2.0 is right around the corner and I don't want to jump just yet, but uh, it's, it's going to be really interesting when VR does become more mainstream. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's, uh, I, I think PSVR is satisfactory for the most part. It's just a couple games here and there where you do do a little bit more movement. That's when I start to have problems. I'm happy with the headset overall i just wish they would come out with more games for mm-hmm. it which i'm hoping we see it like what psx yeah and psx and they showed sure a couple off it they showed a few off at e3 as well um none of them really struck my fancy but we'll see because mm-hmm. like things like farpoint really didn't stand out to me when i first saw them either and i still haven't played farpoint but i'd really like to if i could just get my hands on one of those freaking yeah the gun guns, bundles yeah. that are non-existent <laughs> at right. this point yeah, I feel like Sony will also have the better infrastructure in place when it comes to the experiences, uh, you know, when that does come around, whether it's, you know, yeah. concerts or sporting events or things like that. I feel like Sony will have the better setup in place and P- PSVR mm-hmm. will make the most sense for that. As yeah, far as yeah, I- what I'm playing, uh, I haven't been playing really anything, but I'm going on vacation. So I'm bringing my Vita. I'm sure I'll get to try something there. Um, I'm watching my wife finally really get into uh, Breath of the Wild. She tried a couple times before earlier in the year, didn't really click, but now it's it's really clicked, and she's I'm watching her play, and that's that's really awesome. Uh, a lot of it has just actually been research, and like I said, we're dividing software libraries. So I actually just came back from a GameStop sale. They had the the buy two get one free or whatever, and yeah. so uh, you know with uh, Halo Master Chief Collection, with Halo 5 Guardians, like you kind of got all the Halo, the core Halo games there anyway, and then uh, threw in uh, Crash Bandicoot, Insane Trilogy. So nice. Uh, not not too bad to pull that all together for 60 bucks. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, so 
it's mostly just been a lot of research. I, mean, I think I've done more TV research in the past week than I've ever done in my whole life, which is, is pretty <laughs> maddening. And then you throw in sound bars on top of it. It's, it's a whole ordeal. Uh, but it's, yeah, it's mostly planning for the future. And then when it comes to, you know, upgrading to the newer mid generation consoles, it's like, well, then there's bundles to get, right? So yeah. Xbox has a ton of bundles. Like I'm, I'm eyeing up that Madden NFL 25 or uh, Madden NFL 18 bundle that just got announced. Um, and then when you're talking about pairing colors, I mean, that white PS4 Pro, I never thought I'd be playing Destiny 2, but I might be playing <laughs> that by the end of the year. That white <laughs> PS4 Pro is looking beastly. So uh, I'm, yeah, not too much being played on my front, but a whole lot of research and, and preparing for big moves and life's transitions there while we're at it let's get to our headline roundup we start with nintendo's financials their revenue is up 150 percent from q1 2016 4.7 million switch units have been sold logan that's crazy this is uh really exciting like i am so happy to see nintendo doing well with this thing like i mean they're off the store shelves everywhere so you knew it had to be selling but this is even more than i personally anticipated yeah i mean we're gosh what four five months into the life cycle nintendo switch they're already one third into the wii u lifetime sales i think that just shows how well Nintendo's doing, they're bouncing real well. I mean, ARMS has sold 1.18 million units. Did you think ARMS would ever be a 1 million that's, you know, seller? That's, that's wild. No, especially this early. Like, I mean, like you said, we're only, we're not even four months in. I mm -hmm. think we're coming up on the four month mark. So like it's, it's pretty wild. That's uh, insane for ARMS have <laughs> sold almost 2 million copies. Now we knew Splatoon 2 is going to be a big hit. 671,000 in three days of sales. That's more than four times what Splatoon 2 had. And Wii U had about half the install base at that time. Uh, I think that's what the stat was. But still, like it's so much better. And I think Japan's a big push there. Uh, that's easily going to pass 1 million, I'm sure, by this point. A lot of people are really digging that game. They also talked about other games. So the future titles, Pokemon Switch, they say 2018 or later. That game is going to get pushed to 2019. Just you watch. Yeah. That's unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Metroid Prime 4 to be announced. And they're still sticking Xenoblade Chronicles 2 2017. Everybody's so hesitant on that one. Like, I have not met a single person who is looking forward to Xenoblade Chronicles 2 and actually thinks it's releasing this year. When I talked to Nintendo at E3, like when I talked to one of the representatives uh, during like my playtime with them, like we even asked them about that and they're like, look, <laughs> it's coming this year. Like they, they doubled down and they have no qualms about saying that that game will be releasing this year. It just doesn't seem ready. Does yeah, it? yeah, I, I'm, I'm not sure. I think it's just the big localization that's an issue. Uh, yeah. It's Nintendo of Europe. Uh, tackling it this one uh, just like they did with at least the original Xenoblade Chronicles uh, so maybe they don't have as much on their plate maybe they can communicate a little better maybe. with Japan yeah. we'll, we'll see I, I'm, I'm still holding on hope that hopefully they can stick to that one and then Ultra yeah. Street Fighter 2 uh, for, for Capcom it is above their expectations. And I, I only put this in here because we were talking on an earlier episode of this podcast where, you know, it's felt like Capcom was just sending it to die. Uh, you know, you put a 15 or 20 year old game at this point, 25, 25 year old game at this point, <laughs> put it on a new console, not add too many new changes, give it a $40 price point and say, well, good luck. This is going to be our, our standard bearer for how 
popular the Switch is. I'm, I'm glad it's above expectations. So they say they're preparing multiple Switch version titles. And, and to get a, a Japanese publisher like Capcom on board, uh, that'd be great. I still think that game was a really good idea. Um, it's just the price point. Yeah. I, the price point was the one single thing to me that I never understood with that game. And I, I'm honestly shocked that people bought it. But I mean, quick aside, I think the one thing that all of these numbers show, and it shows that I'm not alone because I am going out of my way to buy Switch games yeah. when I don't necessarily, when in the past I wouldn't have done that. Like, yeah. I am buying games for my Switch just to have them because I want to have games on that machine rather than purchase them elsewhere or whatever. Like, I just, I am in love with the hardware so much that I am willing to spend money on games. Like, Splatoon, like I said, I normally, Splatoon is not my game. I would not buy that, but I saw Splatoon 2 and I was like, you know, I like the Switch, so I will buy a game for my Switch. Like, that's how it's been to me just because I am so in love with the docking and undocking and playing it on my TV or taking it to bed with me or whatever. Right. Yeah, I know I'm getting uh, Sonic Mania next for it. Like, And that, it just shows you, like, there are so many platforms that's going to be on, but I, <laughs> I choose you, Switch. Uh, yeah. You're still... I, I mentioned this on one of my podcasts or some podcasts somewhere. I don't even know. I can't keep it straight. I, I don't think I will be buying Sonic Mania on Switch because there's still a deep, like, two or three-year-old like <laughs> young Logan who is like, <laughs> I refuse to purchase a second game on a Nintendo console. I don't think I've ever done that as weird as that is. So like deep within me, I guess I'm still trying to make console wars a thing. I don't know. I think it was shattered for me when, you know, for my first console, Nintendo GameCube got the Sonic mega collection on there. Like that is just shatters it instantly. <laughs> so I uh, know I'm, but I'm, I'm really excited for that. And I think, yeah, the one, you know, hold back and you hear different gaming podcasts talk about it is that maybe you don't go to switch for like the big multiplayer experience that you need a uh, voice chat. I'm sure Splatoon 2, it's nice to have it, but uh, mm -hmm. with the way that app is right now, you can't necessarily trust it. But I mean, for something like when Smash Brothers comes to Switch, right? Uh, you're not necessarily going to need voice chat, so it's not going to be a big hindrance. And of course, you're not going to have the the top AAA titles coming to Switch. I, I think it's it's doing great for what it is and what its place in the market is, and that's that's really exciting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And plus, I mean... We're recording this show through Discord. Just use Discord. Use people. Discord, everybody. <laughs> Give it the we plug. We have a Nintendo Switch Discord, me and some of my friends. And we're like, oh, let's play Splatoon or Mario Kart. And we just all hop in that. It's Discord is very, very nice and intuitive for the voice chat thing. I, I even use... I use it over Xbox Live and PS4 party chat at this point. Mm -hmm. so and it works just, when you lock your phone. It works when you're in different apps. So <laughs> go nuts. Yep. The PlayStation Plus and Xbox Live Gold games have been announced for August. So for PS Plus, uh, PS4 is Just Cause 3 and Assassin's Creed Freedom Cry, which was the standalone DLC expansion to Black Flag. We played Adewale, who was Edward Kenway's shipmate assistant. You know, second captain, I suppose. Uh, Just Cause Three, good to see that game there. I'm I'm excited yeah. to give that one a try. You know, hopefully they've fixed all the the weird physics there. PS3 is Super Motherload and Snakeball and Vita. You have Downwell as well as Level 22. Uh, excited for Downwell. Heard great things about that on Vita. Same here. Uh, what's yeah. the, what's the one that catches your eye the most? Downwell was the one that caught my eye, honestly, just because uh, I've had a lot of friends tell me that I would like that game, and I just haven't picked it up yet. Obviously, Just Cause is the big marquee title, um, but I do love me some Black Flag, and mm -hmm. I never played the standalone DLC, so 
might have to just check that out or add it to my library and forget about it forever like I do most other <laughs> PS Plus games. But yeah, this is a really good slate this month. Like I'm super happy with this and I think most people are. I've had Freedom Cry for a long time. I really want to get to it. Maybe this will be the impetus to get there. I know it's a thing on your gaming podcast, Millennial Gaming Speak. Black Flag <laughs> is a great game. Black Flag is a, it's great, a great game. game. Don't let anyone tell you differently. It's a great game, Max. <laughs> Xbox Live Gold for August. Uh, August 1st through 31st. The whole month you have Slime Rancher on Xbox One. On the 1st through the 15th you have Bayonetta on 360. And I'm guessing, yeah, I imagine they were bringing that uh, you know, backwards compatibility. That's the better version of the game. You don't want the PS3 version of Bayonetta. But if you have Wii U, you know, go for that one too. That's for the 1st through the 15th. And on the 16th through the 31st of August, Trials Fusion on Xbox One as well as Red Faction Armageddon on 360 backwards compatible. Uh, that's pretty decent. I think Bayonetta is yeah. obviously the standout there. Same here. I never ended up actually playing Bayonetta uh, other than in Smash Bros. So I would definitely like to play her actual game at some point. Uh, again, don't know if I will, but now I will add it to my library and have the option one day to do so if I want to. It's another platinum game, except she's not using swords like 2B is. So there you go. <laughs> There's the difference there. Yeah. Uh, let's get back to more Nintendo news, though. Walmart cancels Super Nintendo Classic pre-orders. Uh, kind of expected. They had pre-orders go live a bit early. I think GameStop was kind of more partnering with Nintendo, like watch this space when pre-orders go live, you know, kind of sponsored by Nintendo to sort of see Walmart kind of jump the gun on this. I know a lot of people kind of kind of went on it, went for pre-orders, maybe even ordered three. Uh, but yeah, that, that didn't work. I'm sure a lot of retailers complained and a lot of orders were canceled. Uh, did this move the needle at all for you, Logan? I was not paying attention to the internet when it happened. And when I got back on, everybody was freaking out about it. And so I missed out. I wasn't going to pre-order one anyway. So uh, when I saw that they all got canceled and a very evil part of me thought it was hilarious and just <laughs> was laughing at everybody in my Twitter feed. I still think, I don't know why I continue to believe them. I think there's going to be enough of them this time compared to the NES. I really do. And I honestly, I am a crazy person for saying that. But I think we're going to be fine this time around. I'm not stressing out on this like I know a lot of people were with the NES Classic. Like, pre-orders will go up at some point. We'll be able to lock them in. And I I don't know. I, I, I think you will be able to find this at stores leading up to Christmas. If it happens, you heard it here first. Now, I was asleep when this happened. So, like, it, it's no skin off my back. <laughs> I'm, I'm not itching to pre-order one. I, I just want them on virtual console. That's all I ask. Yeah. Like it's That was my first response as well. Like... I, it's just, it's so annoying because I, I think what they're going to do is they're going to release this and then literally probably three or four weeks later, I would not be shocked if they're like, hey, we know you've all been asking for virtual console. Ta-da! The virtual console is now a thing and we're putting on all of these Super Nintendo games, including Star Fox 2. And like by that time, we'll probably have all purchased these things, for, this thing for 80 bucks or whatever it is. Um, I I would so much prefer to play my games, yeah. these virtual console games on the Switch. And I just, that is the one thing I want them to do. Just please tell us <laughs> what is going on with virtual console. Oh, yeah. And I, we've got to hear that by the end of the year, end of the year at least. I mean, we've got it, right? We have to. Yeah. Give us a direct. Yeah, hopefully. What, what's just give going us a direct. On? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And finally, in the headline roundup, PQ2.jp and Persona-Dance. .jp have been registered as Atlas websites in anticipation for an event, a Persona-based event that is happening in Japan on 
August 2nd. I think it's like 9 p.m. over there. So that translates to about 8 a.m. Eastern time if you want to follow what happens with the news. Uh, yeah, big Persona event happening, suggesting that very likely that Persona Q2 and something like Persona 5 dancing all night will be announced. Uh, wouldn't surprise me at all. Uh, just something to keep an eye on if you're a big Persona fan like I am. I, I played both of those games. I enjoyed them, but they are definitely more for the Persona fan. I don't know if you can necessarily just jump into it and really find any enjoyment there. I'm wondering if Q2 would be on Switch. I would think or so. I would think so. Yes. Well, that's a good question because, yeah, I mean, at least in Japan right now you have uh, Dragon Quest Eleven that's coming west in 2018, <laughs> so that's good to see, but... Yeah, that's a game that's uh, PS4 and 3DS in Japan uh, when it just came out. So uh, maybe both. If they can come out on both, that would be fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and knowing how long Persona development cycles have been in the past, <laughs> mm -hmm. it would they may announce it for 3DS and then, uh, never mind, we're going to just put it on Switch once it's out and whenever. I don't know. These two games will probably be quicker turnarounds than 5 was, though. I, I would imagine so. And I would expect... Persona Q2 more than Dancing All Night if one had to be picked over the other. Uh, I've seen chibi art and it may be fan done, it may not be, but I, I've seen chibi art of the Persona 5 characters so it might suggest that it may be happening. Uh, just something to keep an eye out for in the next couple days after this podcast, so just keep an eye out for that. Let's get to the main topic though. I, I know we're running a bit long and we have uh, you know some podcast veterans here just kind of blabbing on about games, but I wanted to talk with you, Logan, a bit about your experience with writing about games because some people may be listening to this passionate about games want to talk about games and thinking how can i you know make some pseudo living online doing this how can i write for a games website how can i maybe do my own podcast uh, i want to start you know kind of with where that impetus started what made you want to write about games specifically as far as wanting to write about games goes i've known since i was a kid that i've wanted to do something in the industry and that started out kind of as me just telling myself as a kid yeah one day i will make video games and i just always told myself that like through like middle school and high school and then it started to dawn on me like it was probably actually like middle school where i was like i i've always said i'm going to end up making video games one day but like what does that look like i've never tried to do that and my parents were always like oh well you'll probably just go to college for it or whatever and like i started doing more research it's like oh dang, I probably should have started programming a few years ago. Hmm. I, should, I should start now. Or, And then when I look into programming, it's like, I hate this. And it's like, okay, what else is there? Art. I suck at art. And then it's like just one thing after another. And it was like, okay, probably not going to do the making the video games thing, but what else do I like? And then, of course, I look at my life and I'm getting Game Informer, Xbox Magazine, PlayStation Magazine, GamePro, EGM. I'm getting those in my mailbox once a week. I have scheduled time to watch X-Play at 6.30 every single oh, night. Oh, X-Play, good shit. <laughs> yeah, so I, I started realizing, like, wait a minute, this is what I like about video games. I like the consumption of them. I like talking about them. This is what I like. Look, Adam Sessler is on my TV right now talking about this, and he makes a living from this. Okay, that is what I want to do. That is what I like about video games. It's not, to me, it was always like, to make money from video games, you had to be making them. And then eventually it clicked on me. It's like, no, stupid. Like, somebody put this magazine together. Somebody put this television show together. Like, those are the things you like about games, too. So go towards that. Um, and then it's kind of been a long journey since then. I haven't really pushed myself. Um, very lazy, and I procrastinate quite a bit. <laughs> um, I play video games 
far more than I should write or talk about them. And uh, I kind of, I've, I've written on and off since I think 2014. I joined a small site and wrote there for about three or four months. And then that site went under. And then it took me about 18 months to jump back in again, just because I was like so burnt out from the past experience. And then uh, since then, I've been doing it consistently. Um, I worked at a PlayStation website last year. And then earlier this year, I joined up with DualShockers. Um, all in all, though, I've been doing it continuously since last June. That's awesome. And, uh, and you got to go to E3 with DualShockers? Yep, I did that earlier this summer, I guess. Yeah, that was a heck of an experience. <laughs> got to meet a whole bunch of cool people. I was out there for in L.A. for a week. So I landed there Saturday morning, immediately went to EA Play, then went to we went to all the conferences or... Um, I think we had tickets to all of the conferences, but some things were scheduling conflicts, so we couldn't go to every single thing. Mm -hmm. But we went to Microsoft's and Sony's, which I guess would be the big notable ones. Um, yeah, it was a crazy week, to say the least. Probably one of the coolest weeks of my life, just because I'd always dreamed of doing that since I was a kid. So, yeah. And you got there you know, on, on your own, like your own merits, and that's got to be awesome with your know, media credentials and all that. Yeah, it just had to be the first year where the public also got to come in and you know, clog <laughs> things up, right? <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was so funny when they announced that in March or April or whatever. By the time I joined up with DualShockers, I was like, okay, this is a big enough reputable site. I know we can get I know I can get into E3 here. Mm -hmm. I've got the money. I'm sure I can make it to E3 as long as I just ask uh, the higher-ups at the site. And of course, yeah, they're like, oh, yeah, you want to go to E3? Yes, definitely. <laughs> we'll send you to E3. Um, so I knew all those things. And I was like, awesome, I will be going to E3. And I knew that like earlier in the year. And then of course they're like, hey, the public can come this year. I'm like, well, crap, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of ironic, but all right, sure. I mean, I had way more access than the public did though, just because of meetings or right, right. interviews or things like that. But yeah, it was still just kind of funny to me. And then you also do Model Citizens Media on the side. What's that all about? So that is the podcasting brand that we established earlier this year as well, I think. Yeah, I can't, I can't keep things straight anymore. Um, so we had been doing uh, Millennial Gaming Speak, which is the main gaming podcast that Max Roberts and myself do. And uh, we had done that for about 18 months or so. And I was like, you know, I really like podcasting. This is a fun fun little thing that I've, I'm doing. I have some other friends who I have wanted to collaborate with for a while and uh, they had had some podcast experience as well and instead of trying, so we, we basically just decided to form that because we had some ideas for some new shows as well. So we formed that which is our brand Model Citizens Media and we house four podcasts under it currently. So we put Millennial Gaming Speak under that. So that is part of that brand now. And then we also have the Model Citizen Show, which is kind of our flagship show where we just talk about anything, whatever. It's kind of our version of Game Over Greggy or the mm -hmm. Comedy Button. We'll talk about anything and everything from week to week. Um, and then we've got a music podcast, which is called Reeling in the Years, where we break things down on a year-by-year -year basis, which is pretty cool. Me and my friend Michael do that. And then uh, Max has got his own one-off interview show that he is doing right now. And uh, we're trying to make it grow. We want to kind of spread out and do more video content on YouTube, more short-form stuff, because I think we've realized after doing it for four or five months or whatever now that it's very hard to grow an audience when all of your content is 60 to 90 minutes in length. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so we're working on trying to establish like a YouTube presence right now as well. More, more so than more than the YouTube presence we have now. We put all our shows up there, but uh, 
yeah, that's kind of where we're at right now with that. It's still very early, and we're trying to figure out a way to get more people to listen in and watch what we're doing. But uh, yeah, just trying to figure that all out right now. Well, I'm right there with you. And you guys have been kind enough to ask me on episodes of Millennial Gaming Speak. Uh, you know, recently you're episode 100, so congrats on that. That was awesome. Uh, yeah, thank you so much. That was. Uh, cool mile marker i guess yeah to get to uh, absolutely so yeah we're kind of right there in the same boat wanted to definitely get you on this show and i actually wanted to have both you and max on the show but you know we got a timing schedules to work out so we'll get him on the show eventually max is a busy busy <laughs> he's man. getting married he soon is, yeah he's he is getting married it's been it's been even hard for us to schedule some of our podcasts every now and then he's mm. a busy guy yeah for everything he's doing oh, right certainly. now so. well with your work on dual shockers and you've been reviewing games this year and you know even in the past year so let's think about games this year i want to <laughs> ask you a couple quick questions and then we get to the callers very soon so stay right there don't worry <laughs> we're uh wondering what are some games that you've reviewed that maybe we're sleeping on so far and then you know what are what are you looking forward to whether reviewing or playing the rest of the year so far this year, I've only reviewed a handful of games um, because I got in, I joined Dual Shockers in February, and then there's a grace period where you got to train and get your, get all that stuff out of the way. And then I, I don't think I could actually start reviewing games until April, if I'm correct, mm. just because everything else was scheduled out so far in advance. Um, so I didn't really start reviewing until around April or May, something like that. Uh, April, I guess, would technically have to be it because the first game I reviewed was Ukulele. Um, so that was my first starting game, which was nice for me because I'm a big Banjo-Kazooie fan. So I was able to speak to that game incredibly well. Um, got to actually interview Grant Kirkhope and a few other people before that game came That's out really as well. Awesome. So that was, wow. a, that was a really cool experience. Yeah, and it was, I actually ran into Grant at E3 and he recognized me huh. and we got to chat for a couple seconds. So that was actually like a super weird thing. That's really cool. <laughs> So that was cool. That was the first game I reviewed this year. Other than that, um, I've reviewed a couple other things. Sniper Ghost Warrior 3, uh, not a good game. Hmm. Don't, uh, don't play that one. <laughs> I think I gave that like a 3. Um, I also played Rhyme, which I really enjoyed um, in May. And as far as games that people might be sleeping on, I definitely think that is one of them. Um, it got blasted by a lot of ne- outlets, or not blasted necessarily, because I don't think the reviews were necessarily bad for it. Um, but a lot of people said it was like a Ico ripoff or an Eco ripoff or a Journey ripoff. And to me, that was kind of harsh because the game was doing a lot of unique things, I think, with its storytelling and with its world building and stuff like that. Um, that even if it's even if a game is in the same vein as other games, that doesn't mean it still can't be a great game on on its own merits. And that's how I felt about Rhyme. I think I ended up giving it a 9 out of 10. Um, it's a really gorgeous game that i highly encourage everybody to check out the soundtrack we talked about soundtracks earlier that honestly might be the best of the year like it might not be my personal favorite but um like journey won a grammy a few years ago for that soundtrack Mm -hmm. that soundtrack i could honestly see rhyme like being in grammy contention as well this year like it is just a fantastic score to that game um I really enjoyed it, and I, I know some people might be waiting on the Switch version, which I think is coming out like early fall, if I'm correct. Like they Something haven't announced like that, a release yeah. date mm-hmm. yet. Yeah, it's supposed to be like August, September ish, if I'm correct. They haven't announced an exact date. Oh. And more money, and then they throw in some extra goodies to compensate. Yeah, of, of course, of course, yeah. Um, so I, I think people should check that one out if you haven't yet. It's already been on sale a couple times for fifteen, twenty bucks, or something like that. So check it out. I, th- I think I think you'd like that one. Um, other than that, Next Machina was another game I reviewed, the Ooh, yeah. most recent Housemark game. That's one of my favorites of the year. I scored that very highly. 
Um, I love Housemark. I love the twin stick shooters they put out. We haven't really seen arcade shooters in a long time, and they really it's similar to old ones in a lot of ways, but they put the, their Housemark spin on it with the saving the humans and the constant focus on score. Like it is a very much a Housemark game, but it is just so tight mechanically. Like that, I have not played a better game this year, gameplay wise, um, than Next Machina. Like I am still in awe of how they are just such masters of creating tight, fluid gameplay over there at Housemark. I, I really don't know how they do so well. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that game is phenomenal. Again, the soundtrack is fantastic. It's bumping the entire time you're playing. Uh, if you haven't checked that one out yet or you're not really familiar with it, I would encourage you to look it up at least and uh, give it a whirl because I, I think there is such a satisfying gameplay loop with that game. And it is, high, like I said, high score based, but that's Almost a breath of fresh air now, ironically, whereas every game back in the day used to be focused on high scores. Now you don't really see it very much anymore. So when a game comes around that does is like, hey, get the highest score, then it's kind of cool and it's a lot of fun. Um, That's about it. Super Hot VR was the last thing I reviewed. And um, I have a couple things that I guess I can, yeah, I mean, I can say what I'm scheduled to review. I I think I'm reviewing Lawbreakers when that comes out next week. And then I'm also scheduled to review Matterfall, and I'm also scheduled to review uh, Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. Oh, good luck with that one. That should be interesting to see what that one does across the internet for sure. Yeah, I I played that at E3 actually, and it was a ton of fun. And I cannot believe I'm saying that. It was so weird to play. It was so weird to see. But I was smiling the entire time. So I assume that that is a very positive sign for that game. That's good to see. I'm really looking forward to seeing all those, you know, Lawbreakers with the Cliffy B action game. They seem to know what they're doing. They had really great showing at E3 from what the coverage seemed to be. Uh, That's really Mm -hmm. awesome. Well, when we come back, we will get to the callers. What would you like to talk about? We've got Logan Moore here from uh, from Model Citizens Media and from DualShockers. So ask him some questions, share what you're playing recently, or anything from our headline roundup, any topics up for discussion. That's when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch here with Logan Moore from Model Citizens Media and from DualShockers.com. Logan, thanks for being on the show here. Yeah, no problem, Peter. Uh, Anytime. Absolutely. So we're here to get to the callers. Let's see what you guys have to say. Looking forward to it. Joining us from Georgia, Matthias, welcome back to the Power Switch. Hello. Hey, welcome back to the show. What did you have in mind to talk about today? Well, I recently had my birthday, so I got a Nintendo Switch with um, Breath of the Wild, uh, Mario Kart 8, and ARMS. That's awesome. Happy birthday, for one. Uh, that's, that's great that you Thank were you. able to find a Switch, or the family was able to find a Switch. The, you know, the shortages yeah, was, have, been, have been real. So did you, how, how, how much did you get to, to play, and what did you play? I have played all three. I think the one I played the most was Mario Kart 8, because I'm, Mario Kart is the, one of my... Uh, favorite franchises next to Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then I did get to play a little bit of Zelda too. I ha- don't think I've gotten past the tutorial yet in that. And I played a bit with of ARMS multiplayer with my friends and that was actually really fun. Yeah, I haven't gotten to play ARMS quite yet. Uh, Logan, you got Splatoon. Did you get ARMS by chance? 
I did not get ARMS. I uh, played ARMS at a friend's house, and I was like, this is just not for me. Hmm. But I can see how people would like it. It's just not something I felt like I needed to buy. I tried the test punch. I had a kind of a mixed exposure with, you know, trying. I did the, the pro controller first, and that felt great. And then I tried to jump in with the actual motion and throwing the punches and didn't jive as much with that. So, Matthias, which, which I guess for ARMS, which control scheme did you take to more? Yeah, I think, um, well, I haven't gotten a pro controller yet, so mm. um, I just did the, uh, not the motion controls. I didn't like those much because you can't really move well, but I like just the um The Joy-Con grip? Yeah, I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's kind of more controller-like, but just, you know, sliding the Joy-Cons in that, in that handle there. Yes. Yeah, I'm sure that's more comfortable than having the Joy-Con on the side and that those tiny little buttons and just kind of crammed in there. So, But I think with multi- multiplayer, it was still fine doing it that way. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting. So I'm taking my Switch up to this lake resort in New Hampshire. And so you know, we have Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and that's probably going to be the main multiplayer game. But it's it's going to be interesting, and you hear all the different stories of people playing those multiplayer games, especially where there necessarily isn't a TV. And it's like, I'm I'm in the Switch commercial. This is me. I'm playing Mario Kart with a little screen there. Flip up that kickstand. I'm, I'm interested to try that this weekend. And so it's always good to hear the multiplayer stories for Switch. Yeah. Um, I played mostly on the TV. I, did, I don't know how playing on the console would work with more than uh, two players. Mm. And the kickstand, yeah, as people say, it doesn't work well. I have to. <laughs> Put my phone behind it so it wouldn't fall over. Oh wow! Okay. <laughs> playing, uh, playing on the screen alone in arms, and then doing uh, motion controls is a fun experience. That was one of the ways I played it when I checked it out, and uh, I couldn't control my character, but it was really fun to be flinging my hands all over the place while I was <laughs> while one of my friends was standing right next to me. And then you go yeah, cross counter. Yeah. It's fun. So, are there any and, games that you're looking forward to getting for Nintendo Switch throughout the rest of this year, or even beyond? Well, definitely Super Mario Odyssey. That's the main one. Yeah, yeah. And then I think I also want to get Pokemon Tournament. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's uh, exciting with those arcade characters coming over from Japan. That's great. Yes, and definitely as a Pokemon fan, and then also as a Pokemon fan, eventually when the RPG for the Switch comes out. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, you know, what is what's your kind of take? You know, I guess you know prognosticating down into the future do you think it's going to be something like an ultra sun ultra moon maybe they do hyper sun hyper moon i don't even know you think it's going to be gen 6 or gen 7 or is gen 8 going to appear on switch well i think it's probably going to be one of three things either a remake still part of gen 7 it could be going into gen 8 or something let's see it's core rpg so i guess it is going to be part Mm. of the or, or it could be Gen Four remake. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really interesting. I mean, I I almost even wonder if they do something like a remake of. Well, I hope they don't consider core RPG like you know Colosseum or XD Gale of Darkness. Like no, no those aren't core. <laughs> like you don't get it. So, I think yeah. you know maybe it's kind of a telltale sign a little bit. Not, not a pun on the game dev, whatever. <laughs> but uh, when they say 2018 or later. And if it slips, like I, I do wonder if that's saying like, no, we're, we're working on something new. We're maybe going towards Gen 8. Uh, I think that'd be 
what I'd be most excited about, especially when, you know, I think they've done such a poor job selling Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon so far. I mean, they've got to show more throughout this year if they want people to really buy in. Definitely. That trailer was still so weird that there was an Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon reveal inside another trailer for another game. (laughs) Yeah. That was such a weird reveal for that. Yeah, I, I really wanted them to show more. Like, don't just say like uh, the po- the totem Pokemon. They may be different, and like if it's gonna be a black and white two situation where it builds off, but it's an all new story, then say it. But I don't they get said that. There's different story elements, didn't they? Uh, they said different that was story one of the selling points. They said different story elements. Now I don't know. I mean, we saw one of the, the towns, and it looks slightly different, maybe a little more lush, a little more lavish. Uh, but different story elements to me means. We've tweaked bits of pieces of the story, not like where uh, Black and White 2 was like a sequel to Black and yeah. White. It built off that story. You could import your character for some uh, some cool cross benefits. But, you know, if it's a sequel, make it a sequel. But, you know, we have to be told that. So they got to show more for sure. I take you're a big Pokemon fan, though, uh, you know, Matthias. So I, I imagine you're going to buy in or are you still a little skeptical? Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to buy in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, they, they have the Necrozma forms for, you know, Solgaleo and for Lunala. So I, I think that's that's interesting, but I, I, I know I'm, I'm curious and I just wish it were on Switch, but, you know, I guess we'll have to wait for that one. Yes, definitely. Well, Matthias, thank you so much for calling in. Anywhere or anything you'd like to plug? Not that I can think of at the moment. Okay. Yeah, no problem. Well, enjoy your Switch. I'm, I'm glad you are part of that ownership group and uh, you know, looking forward to hearing more about your experiences with it. Yeah, thank you. All right. Thanks, Matthias. I know it's you know, Friday night. We're trying to fit this in when I'm going to vacation, so maybe not as many people available. So we'll have Logan Moore here. When we come back, we'll talk about his top five favorite games of all time. I'm really looking forward to this list, and hopefully you are too. That'll be when we come back here on the Power Switch. Welcome back to the Power Switch. This week's Tempo Control music is brought to you by Ghost Trick, Phantom Detective. You can find a new video game music top 10 list from a specific game soundtrack every Tuesday over at youtube.com slash rhymes with Asia. Joined, of course, yes, by Logan Moore from Model Citizens Media and DualShockers.com. Logan, I'd like to know your top five favorite games of all time. It could be in any order, could be ranked, but uh, we try to do this with guests to kind of get a sense of who they are as gamers and what has defined their history with games. So, all right, I've actually got the order here, and I will go five to one for you because shameless plug, but I think last year uh, on my own podcast, we did like a six-week series where we figured out what our favorite games were, and we broke them down by console generations. So I think we did like top tens for the earliest generations all the way up until the most recent, and then from there, so we had like 50 games after that, and then from there we chose our top ten from that. So that was a fun series we did. That sounds really challenging, yeah. It was really hard. It was a lot of fun, but I think it helped me create my final complete list until, of course, something new gets added into that mix. Um, My number five, though, I guess, would be Mass Effect 2. Um, I'm a huge Mass Effect fan. So, see, that game, I think, is most people's favorites, I would have to guess, just because one had the 
clunkier combat and uh, three I didn't like three story beats not even the ending I just think uh, my biggest problem with three it was just the opening of the game was like the climax and then everything <laughs> else was falling action after yeah, that and yeah. that was always strange to me like I could never get into that game as much because it just I don't know there, that game had just such a weird vibe to it uh, two though I think is just a phenomenal story within its own right uh, the combat's much better and I just I've always said the second only to Star Wars, I think Mass Effect is not only my favorite sci-fi universe, but potentially the most fleshed out as well. Like there is so much lore and world building in those games. And I, I love all the different species. And I, I just, that, that was my favorite part of those games was figuring out the, what was going on in the universe more so than trying to save the day and be the hero or mm -hmm. whatever, which makes it all the more sad that I didn't like Andromeda. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. See, you know, Mass Effect 2 is number five on my top 10 or top five list if I had to pick. Uh, but I, I liked Andromeda, but it was definitely disappointing in all the different, you know, tech aspects and yeah. it kind of had a, a slow, a weird middle to the game. I think it yeah. recovered nicely. And yeah, I did that sequel bait. That's probably never going to happen, but I was just going to ask, like, did you get to play Andromeda? What you thought of it? I got about eight hours in mm. and I stopped mm. just because there are so many other games and it was not clicking with yeah. me in any way, shape, or form. So I was like, I, I will go back to it because I, I revere the original trilogy so much. I, I love all three of those games dearly. And so I, I feel like I have to go back to Andromeda at some point. Like I, I just... I don't know when because yeah. there's just so much uh, so else out. But it's I will... such, a, such a year for games. I will at some point. I don't. I don't know when, but I will. And it could be a case um, of you know all the patches. I I, I hit that with uh, the Witcher Three Wild Hunt, and I've been always <laughs> meaning to go back to that game. And of course, the length of that game is so daunting. But it's just like, yeah. oh, there's a new patch. Oh uh, no, there's going to be a new patch coming up. Well, maybe I should wait for that game. Oh, so it's it's always that sort of thing. But yeah, with many yeah. of the patches out for Andromeda, when you can, I, I'd say recommend going back to it and see, giving it another try. I'll try to make some time. We'll we'll see here. <laughs> um, my number four would be Metal Gear Solid 3 mm -hmm. Snake Eater. Uh, that is my, I'm a huge Metal Gear fan. Um, I It's probably my favorite series in all games. Uh, it's probably Metal Gear and then Mass Effect, honestly, if I'm talking like full complete series. And for some reason, Metal Gear Solid 3 is always the one that stood out to me. And I, I'm not exactly sure why, because they're all incredible games for different reasons. Uh, but I think I just uh, like the the tone of that game a bit more. I liked, I liked Big Boss also uh, much more than I do Solid Snake. Uh, he's always been a much more interesting character to me, and he's always been someone in that series who... The whole series centers around on him right. more than it does yeah, Solid Snake, absolutely. and those first couple games are kind of a smokescreen, and you don't really realize that until you get into the third one. So uh, seeing everything that happened in that game's backstory really was cool. I like the, I like the supporting cast of characters, uh, in three quite a bit and uh, it just has a really kind of same thing with Mass Effect 2 like they, it, it plays a larger role within the grand scheme of its series yes. but it's also just a fantastic game with on its own like it is a good story of redemption and patriotism and all kinds of other things uh, just within the scope of that game's own narrative um, so I've always really loved that one and uh, 5 got close to beating it but uh, 5 just didn't have enough narrative stuff yeah, for me. I really yep. love it. That would be my number four. Uh, number three, another Bioware game uh, would be Knights of the Old Republic 1. Uh, I am massive Star Wars fan. RPGs are probably my favorite genre, so 
this is kind of a match made in heaven for me. Uh, when I first played this game as a kid, it just kind of blew my mind because I couldn't believe how much customization and uh, how open they were to giving you everything. Like, hey, you want the orange lightsaber? Sure, you go create your orange lightsaber or whatever. Like, they just give you so many options and they make you feel like you are a Jedi or a Sith. And um, I, I, I've often talked about how I hate multiple endings to games, but I think with that original Knights of the Republic game, the two, the various endings that you can have based upon your morality both feel earned, whereas I feel a lot of games within the past five or ten years, they'll have multiple endings specifically to have multiple endings, and none of them will really feel satisfactory. I obviously would have to be, was a Sith whenever I played the game, right, because right. of course you need that Force Lightning. The narrative conclusions within that game, like it, it felt right like it, it felt like it was always leading to that point rather than leading to one fork in the road and then you choose one or the other which is kind of what happens in telltale games or something like that like you'll make so many decisions up until a certain point and then they rip the controller out of your hand and say okay now you have to choose one or the other mm. um, i always felt like the decisions you made in those games and the morality paths that you followed always made a lot of sense and then uh yeah yeah and the big spo- the big spoiler terms. at the end it's it's one of the all-timers like you can't deny that yeah, I mean, in the end, though, just Star Wars and RPGs. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm totally in. Let's do that. <laughs> it's such a re- well-written game, though, too. Like, Bioware, that was peak Bioware, I think, those, those five years or so when they were doing all of that. Arguably, I don't know. When they had Mass Effect and Dragon Age going side-by-side, side, that was pretty good, Yeah, too. yeah, you got to hope that, you know, with all of what EA is doing with Star Wars, like, get some RPG, you know, back in there. I know they'll have, you yeah. know, Amy Hennig's game. I'm really excited to see that, you know, an Uncharted-like Star Wars game. I'm, I'm so down. And I know mm-hmm. Respawn's working on one. you got to imagine shooting will be involved with that team. Uh, but, I, you know, come up with some game that is RPG-like. That'd be awesome. Casey Hudson's back at Bioware. Somebody you you know, give, him a, give him a ring on the phone yeah. see if he wants to do another <laughs> Knights of the Old Republic 3. For sure. Even though that game will literally never happen mm. because it's... N- but not it's still not canon which is insane (laughs) to me which like i can understand wiping away everything after return of the jedi but it hurt me (laughs) that they wiped away all of the pre-prequel stuff because that just made sense within that world but i'll stop my star wars nerd (laughs) rants uh number two would be bioshock um i don't know i could talk about this game forever i think it's the best single story in all of video games i think rapture is the best uh, world that has ever been crafted in a video game. Um, I am in love with... I know it doesn't have the best gameplay. I know it doesn't have the tightest mechanics or anything like that. I still go back to that game constantly, though, and find new things that I didn't uh, see before. I just think it is... Uh, I don't know. I, I, I seriously don't... For all its flaws, I think like Bioshock is like a perfect game for me just because of how that world always captures me every time I go back to it. Like I've read I've read the books and stuff that split off from uh, the first game and uh, yeah, I, I just I just think that world is so interesting and the concept behind it and Andrew Ryan, like it's yeah. just a interesting world full of interesting characters that I love learning more about. A few years ago, I tried playing it for the first time and it didn't click. And I'm like, why? Like, is this, is it just overrated or is it just not clicking with me? I eventually, you know, loved the marketing of Bioshock Infinite. I'm like, all right, I'm going to play this. I'm going to love it. I did love it. And it's like, all right, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to go back and play Bioshock. And it took me until 
the uh, the remastered version when it came out on PC, okay. and it's like a yeah, you got it for free because those games were super cheap during the Steam sale, and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna yep. go, I'm gonna go play Bioshock, and I at the end of last year, I got through playing, I'm like. Yeah, no, it's it's legit one of the one of the best games of all time. <laughs> like, I I totally yeah. get it now. The story, the story twist in that is still so good. Yeah, like every every time, and I, I just love how they play on player agency, mm-hmm. where it's you feel like you're controlling yourself the whole game, and then it's like, hey, no, you weren't. <laughs> it's, it's just such a smart idea. That's all. At the same time, it's so simple. Like I, I, I'm surprised that no one had really. Maybe somebody did have that idea before. I'm not sure. Did but you, when it finally uh, happened, it was like, that's so smart. But it's so obvious, right? That right. No one's done that up until this point. Did you get to play uh, the DLC for Bioshock Infinite specifically under Burial of Etsy Part yes. Two? Burial at Sea. Oh, yeah. yeah. Part two. Part Two. Like, I wish now that I I played that before. I mean, I, of course, I knew yeah, the twist in Bioshock. Like, who didn't? Uh-huh. So, like, I, I, so I got it. It made sense, but like, I wish I had like all of the nostalgia and the feels to go with it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Because like, it, it, that would have been so much more deserved that way. Yeah, I for, I honestly forget a lot of what happens at Burial Scene. Mm. I, I, it's been so long since I played it. I actually did a Bioshock replay of both. Uh, one, two, and well, the, the collection came out last year, and I, I plowed through all of those again, and that was a lot of fun to go back to. So I gotta um, get through two. Like, what's what's your what's your take on that game? Uh, not great, okay. honestly. I don't think it holds up super well either. Um, I I just think whereas I think one and even three for that matter is just full of interesting characters and great writing. Like I I don't think two is. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't find it to be compelling like the idea of playing as a big daddy was cool and I think you feel really powerful and cool at times in that game uh, but I just don't think the additions that they added onto it like the big sisters and stuff like it just it still feels weird within that world to me like I, I played the first one so many times that when I saw what they added to two I was like this just doesn't feel right like I, I can I love Ken Levine and you can tell when it's a Ken Levine game and uh just playing two for a couple hours it's like okay this is obvious that this does not have his fingerprints all over yeah. it it's, it's much more straightforward whereas one and two are kind of up their own butts at sometimes <laughs> <laughs> yeah yep. but i love them because of that oh so. th- those lighthouses all right so you've got mass yeah. effect two you got metal gear solid three you have kotor you have bioshock what's number one uh really 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 unoriginal but it's ocarina of time okay uh, yeah so that's been my favorite game ever since I was a kid and I played it for the first time. Uh, there is nothing left to be said about that game by people <laughs> at this point. I don't know. Every reason that everybody has ever listed it as one of the best games ever, I agree with completely. Um, I mean, for the time, it was just so impressive. I mean, finally having like... It was my first 3D game I had played, really, too, up until that point. Like, I know for some people it was Mario 64, mm-hmm. but for me, like, that was the first game I had played. Uh, when I got an N64, I got Banjo-Kazooie and that. And uh, Those are some pretty damn really, good games. Jesus. Yeah, those were some... Uh, Banjo's in my top 10 as well as for... is one of my other favorite games. Um, but yeah, just exploring that world, it felt so big back then. Like going back to it now and playing it on 3DS, it's like this game is a lot smaller than I remember. But uh, back in the day, it just felt like you could run through those fields forever with opponent, and it was never going to end. Um, the story, I, I really enjoyed the story as well. Like it, it, it's Zelda stories are never 
super complex, but I really enjoy the story in that game. Uh, and then just, I mean, you really only get to do it in the Shadow Temple and I guess the Spirit Temple as well. But when they started introducing the mechanics of, hey, you have to go back in time again and be a kid and then affect things that happen in the future or vice versa. Mm-hmm. That was when I was like, oh my gosh, okay, this game yeah. is getting really, really deep with what it's doing. Uh, I don't know. That, again, I could talk about that game for a long time. And, oh, for sure. Yeah, uh, it's a, a seminal classic. Absolutely. Well, yeah. I, I love hearing about people's favorite games, and it, it really gives insight on you know their inspirations and, and where they've come from. And I really appreciate you sharing ours and all, your insight overall. I mean, it's it's obvious, and I'm sure with listeners who may be listening to you for the first time, like pretty obvious you do gaming podcasts it, it's awesome L- love you know chatting with you uh you know looking forward to getting max on the show or both of you uh you guys you guys do great work and i'm, I'm glad to bring you onto the show in this capacity and that's that's awesome thank you peter i appreciate that yeah i've been wanting to come on here forever so yeah. i was <laughs> glad when you asked us and we were able to work something out because we we almost had to record our own podcast tonight too and i was like oh, oh boy yep. i'm gonna do peter's oh. show so <laughs> i'm that sorry didn't, that didn't work out because max is not even around right yet. right <laughs> so yeah thank you so much for having me on i really appreciate of it of course well that'll do it for this episode of the power switch we are hosted by rhymeswithasia.com and we're on youtube and twitch at rhymes with asia find us on twitter facebook and instagram at the power switch and you can email us any questions concerns comments or opportunities at powerswitchpod at gmail.com you can subscribe to The Power Switch on podcast services such as iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. And if you could be so kind as to leave a review, that would really help as well. But most importantly, to participate in future episodes, you should join our community on Discord by visiting rhymeswithasia.com call. It's a small but growing community. And in these early months of the show, it'll be easier than ever to have your voice heard on this podcast. Logan, if you had a YouTube video to watch, what would you recommend? Any YouTube video to watch. Any, um, not, not just gaming, any YouTube video. Go watch that donkey video that made everybody all triggered like three weeks ago. There you ago go. Game Critics by Video Game Donkey. <laughs> go watch that one. I, I, I don't know why everyone got up in arms about that. I thought it was a relatively funny video from a funny dude who was just giving his opinion. Yeah. But uh, watch anything that guy does. I think he's a good, funny YouTuber. He's, he's got a good channel there for sure, Video Game Donkey. Uh, I would recommend checking out the Uncharted, The Lost Legacy, the new gameplay footage that just came out uh, from Naughty Dog. You can check it out on PlayStation's channel, of course. Uh, but I'm, I'm really excited about that game, uh, and I'm, I'm not about to sleep on it. I'm looking forward to playing that probably after we move, so it'll probably be more into September as opposed to the launch date of August 22nd. But I'm, I loved Uncharted 4 at Thief's End. That was my favorite game of 2016, so I'm, I'm ready for more, whatever Naughty Dog does. So bring that on. Uh Logan, please, by all means, go plug your stuff. Uh, we have mentioned it time and time again, I think, on the show. Dual Shockers is where you can find all of my writing, whether it be uh, features or reviews or whatever. I've written a couple things about Spider-Man, uh, the PS4 game, the past couple weeks. So if you want to go check that out, you can go find that at Dual Shockers. Uh, as for other podcasts, modelcitizensmedia.com is where you can find everything uh, I mentioned all the other podcasts we do, so you don't have to. I won't give you that spiel again. And then Twitter, you can find me. I am at moreman12. And uh, yeah, I think that about does it. Well, that'd be awesome. I'm looking forward to going on vacation, but I wanted to turn out an episode for you guys. So you got that to listen to through next week. I'll be back for the weekend. So hopefully next Sunday, that'd be the 6th. We can get back and we'll we'll catch up on the gaming news and I'll probably have to keep track over the course of the vacation but we'll see how that all goes and uh 
I, we have MLB trading deadline is coming up. I'm sure we could talk for minutes on oh, end geez. about sports. I hope Justin <laughs> Verlander and Alex Avila can go to your Chicago Cubs. I still have absolutely no idea what I would think about them getting Verlander. I think he's a good pitcher still, but I don't want to pay him 54, 55, 56 million dollars, whatever it is. I mean, the I, Tigers I, have to pay some of that, I'd imagine. Like they got to they got to put yeah, the bill. Yeah, but there. the more the Tigers pay, then the more prospects the Cubs have to give up. It's a I I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I I still think Verlander can be a good pitcher. The dude should have won a Cy Young award last year. Yeah, like, he, he should have. And then, you know, with you know, Darvish and Sonny Gray, you know, the other kind of lead aces out there i mean verlander can turn it up in the playoffs and i think that's you know what a a team making a run wants to do the the tigers have to blow it up they're done they've spent way too long trying to win (sighs) tomorrow and they need to rebuild entirely they do Uh, i wonder i'm I'm interested to see what happens to cabrera with his hundreds of millions he's he's gonna retire a tiger like he'll he'll be there and he'll be unhappy but he'll probably retire a tiger probably we, we need to talk about sports more often that's for sure but as far as gaming we goes should. stay tuned to our discord channel as everything develops and regardless whether it's live or on your own time i look forward to you joining us for our next episode with that i am peter spasia logan thank you so much for joining us really appreciate it thank you peter again thank uh, you so much of course until next time switch up call in game on <laughs>